We'll love it as a special. Calling out to me, 
Continuing journey, and uh, we've got a great uh, another story lined up for you. Love those pictures. Uh, uh, Will brought the excellent song, and lo and behold, if Kenneth didn't find some great pictures to go along with those words, some of those words I had forgotten, and uh, and of course paints a great picture getting out of the boat, facing your giants, different things like that. One of the giants that uh, the first church at Jerusalem was facing was thinking that the gospel was only for the Jews. That was their giant, if you will. That was what they were thinking, that, hey, this, this gospel, this good news, and only, only Jews will be in heaven. Well, I've got news for you. Did you know there will be more than just Baptists in heaven? <laughs> There's going to be more than just Baptists in heaven. And thank the Lord the gospel is not, unless I've missed some lineage somewhere, uh, I think all of us in this room are Gentiles. So <laughs> thank the Lord that the gospel is for Gentiles also because I are one. <laughs> I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jewish of Jewish lineage. And so my ancestry goes all the way back to, did y'all know to Noah? And my great 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 grandfather was Japheth. Okay, and so well, it definitely. So all of the, you know what another thing is, another cool thing, and uh, she's just happy because she gets to go play, and uh, and uh, so but yes, get out of Brother Michael's preaching. But uh, is that uh, it's pretty cool to think. Did you know all the genetic code? For every hair color, eye color, ear size. Now, my nose was big before it got busted at camp. Every nose size, it was on Noah's Ark. Did you know all, those three kids of his, those three boys, had enough genetic, genetic code in there that every descendant on the earth right now came from them? Did y'all, and if you believe this book, and I happen to believe the book, so, and th that's pretty amazing that every hair color, eye color, everything came from his three sons. And, uh, of course, their wives, obviously, and so on and so forth. And uh, so, the uh, Peter had a problem with Gentiles. And so, we're going to begin in what I call the gospel is for everyone. Simply put, let's just read verse 34, and we'll take off from there. So, Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, 
I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word tonight. And knowing because of what happened in this very chapter that I received the gospel. I heard about your son. Thank you for loving me enough to die for everyone so that we could be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's just take take this chapter and break it down just for a few key points for a little while uh, tonight in, here in Acts chapter 10. And uh, just some, some really cool ones. Number one, right off the bat, back up to the very first part of this in verse 1 and 2. Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Now, he was a centurion of the band called the Italian band, meaning that he was a Roman. He's a Roman, so he's from over yonder. He's over there from Rome. He's a Roman centurion. He's not a Jew. Uh, Verse 2, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Which means that he was praying and he, he, he had a belief in God and he's saying, and I think his knowledge here was very incomplete. And he basically had the knowledge of the Old Testament. And that's, that's all he had at this time. And so he's praying to God and, and the Bible's very clear. And matter of fact, God answers his prayer. And so well, this is really cool as, and I just kind of want to, uh, I'm not going to read it verse by verse, but if you want to look at it in your Bible, God does this a lot. God gets, uh, He's working in your life, and did you know He's working in your life and He can be working in somebody else's life at the same time? You say, well, uh, one time there was this mom that was estranged from her daughter, and God started working in both their lives. And God allowed, started working in the mom's life and started working in the daughter's life. And there was a lot of pride involved, a lot of uh, old, old stuff. And there's just a bunch of stuff in the way God started working unknowingly to both of them and kind of brought them along the same path. Guess what's happening here? God started working in Cornelius's life and in the Apostle Peter's life. Now, Cornelius had a problem. He didn't know what was going on. He says, God, what I do? What, what's going on here? And he had this vision and everything. And he says, I need to hook you up with this fella. I need to get you uh, lined up with him. I need you to get you in a meeting with him. At the same time, he's got a prejudiced pastor. <laughs> That's three Ps. Prejudiced pastor. His name is Peter. And Peter, he said, nah, I'm sticking with preaching just to Jews. Only Jews, that's all I want to preach to. Don't really care to preach to anybody else. Verses 3 through 8 is him getting Cornelius ready. Verses 10 through 16 is him getting Peter ready. And he gets him ready, and of course, uh, uh, he went out onto the porch. Now, their porch was on top of the house. And uh, so he, he, we find that out in verse 9. And uh, and so he went out in the housetop about uh, noontime. He's getting ready for lunch. Verse 10, he's very hungry. Uh, it says he fell into a trance. And what that means is basically this. He went to sleep and he started dreaming. That's basically it. 
And uh, God's definitely appeared to people in their dreams before. Uh, verse 11, this famous scene with the saw the sheep coming down and knitting four corners. Verse 12, all manner of four-footed beasts, wild beasts, creeping things, foul the air. Verse 13, a voice said, hey, there's supper. Here you go. Here's Whoa, wait a second. Verse 14. Nuh-uh, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. He said, uh, verse 15, What God hath cleansed thou shalt not call common. This thing was done thrice. Verse 17 is uh, just, he goes on, he's trying to figure out what this dream stood for. Now, I'm flying through this because some of you are familiar with this story. If you're not, it's an awesome story, but we don't have time to spend all night here because I need to get to verse 25, all right? They finally meet up, Peter and Cornelius, and verse 25 is what I call the wake-up call. So Acts, again, Acts 10, 25, the wake-up call. And Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Peter said, uh, stand up. I myself and also a man. And he talked with him and went in. He was just excited to see him and found that many were come together. Verse 28. And this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road. And he said, y'all know how that it is unlawful for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into the house of another nation. But God hath showed me. Just stop right there. I remember talking to my, who's been here twice, and uh, Brother Denby, Brother Denby and I, when I surrendered to preach in 1985, uh, Brother Denby and I, you know, wouldn't have, we didn't have anything to do with any other nationalities, our church, our preaching, our witnessing. Brother Demi and I were talking years later. I'm trying to make a long story short. And he said, God, there came a point in time where he realized instead of leaning on this raising in his traditions, looking at the Holy Scriptures, and this is Brother Denby's words, I'll quote him. He said, God shook me. God shook me. Guess what happened in verse 28? God shook Peter. He said, God, what does it say there? God showed me. God showed me. Folks, when God shows you something, he's not doing it for entertainment. And he shook him. He said, you got a hang up. And I'm asking you to pray. And so at this time, and who's he, who's he talking to when he, he said unto them, who's the them? Gentiles. Gentiles. Which means they weren't Jews. Um, and so we have uh, mainly, uh, you know, Gentiles or all the other nations that are not Jews. So that's it. So there is what I call a wake-up call. Um can, think back right now, can or has God ever changed your mind on something? 
Has God ever changed your mind on something? If you Now, can you hold... Let me ask you this. God can sometimes try to change our mind, but we won't. We can tell God no. Well, let's continue the story. Uh, verse uh, 34 through 43, Jesus, excuse me, Peter's preaching about Jesus. And man, he's, hey guys, and by the way, there's six people that came with him here. And this is a pretty neat sermon. He's preaching to them and all these Gentiles are listening. Now here's what I, I want to fly through here and uh, make a couple of points. Later on, he goes back to the uh, to the church at uh, Jerusalem, verse just flip over a page in your Bible to Acts 11.2. And um, and he's, Peter's preaching there at Jerusalem in Acts 11.2. And he's telling the story. And, I, and look at verse Acts 11.12. Acts 11.12. And he said, The Spirit bade me go over with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. So there's six people from Joppa went with him. Some say there was a church there at Joppa, even though it's not real clear that there was a church. In, was it a church in Joppa or or what? I, it could have been, probably. But anyway, verse 13, and it says, uh, looking at this, um, it's still in Acts 11:13. And he showed us how that he had seen an angel in the house and stood and said, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee these words. And uh, verse 15, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Which is pretty cool that there's a, a second giving of the Holy Spirit like they had on the day of Pentecost. And it says here... Uh, Verse 17, for as much then as God hath given, uh, God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus, what was I that I could withstand God? And here's, I want to camp out on verse 18, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, it says, when the Jews, now who's the they in verse 18? 11, 18, yep. Who's the they? When they, that's the Jews, heard these things, they held their peace. And I have a little note in my Bible that says they were speechless. <laughs> I wrote the note. That's my commentary. They held their peace, meaning they were speechless. They were like their mouths hanging open. They got the Holy Ghost and everything? You mean Gentiles are like us? You mean they're going to be up in heaven right beside us? Did y'all know that in heaven... When it says there's a worship scene in the book of Revelation, it says every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue. Every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue. And everybody's going to be speaking tongues in heaven. Did you know that? It's going to be one. I actually should say. And remember what the word tongue means, language. It's all going to be understood, the same language. It was pretty cool. And it says, they held their peace, glorified God. Then, then it says in verse 18, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. This is pretty cool. Back up. So Peter's preaching. I just want to camp out on one verse. I'm flying here. Got a lot of, this is just really cool. So the gospel, what's the title of the message tonight? The gospel is for everyone. 
All right, and I'm going to repeat it, and I want y'all to actually speak this time. Ready? The gospel is for... Hey, it's in the Bible. It's not according to Michael Reese, is it? We have missionaries all over the world. We uh, invite people from all over the world here to our church. Uh, there's been Mexicans in our church and white people in our church and black people in our church and all of these things, and the gospel is for just us Gentiles, just the Jews. No, it's not. God shook Peter on this. Now, this is the thing that we've all been uh, uh, been raised a certain way and, and all of that. Me too. And, uh, and I think, and you come down to it, or it comes down to say, okay, what does God want me to think? What does God want me to think? And I think that supersedes the way I was raised. What does God want me to think? And uh, so I look at this, and here's what I want you to look at. Chapter 10, verse 43. To him, this is uh, Peter's finishing up his sermon. He's wrapping it. Matter of fact, God's fist and shut his sermon down. In verse 43, it says, To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Your name... Just put it right there. Uh, pick on Jimmy Stell. Jimmy Stell, your name's right there. It says whosoever. So guess what that is? That's Jimmy Stell. Miss Pam, you're right there. It says whosoever. Did y'all realize that? Alan, your name's right there. Whosoever. Is that whosoever mean you? Does that whosoever mean me? That whosoever. Aren't you glad that God put a whosoever? He made it for you, me. Whosoever. No matter your lineage, no matter your raising, no matter your background, verse 43 is you. And everybody in the world can claim verse 43. All right? And so, man, he's preaching. All of a sudden, God interrupts the sermon. The Holy Ghost falls on him. And all this stuff starts happening, and uh, which is pretty cool. And then this famous little section down here at the end of the chapter as we, as we wrap this up. And it says, and so, and, and they of the circumcision which believed, verse 45, were astonished as many as came with Peter. We don't find out their number till later uh, in, in verse uh, chapter 11, 12. But it says, man, they're, they're so excited and the Spirit poured out on them. And then verse 46, they heard them speak with tongues, again, languages in verse 46. And then verse 47, said Peter spoke up and said, can any man forbid water? Very interesting. Now some say, who was he talking to? These people have not been baptized yet, so they're not a church. Some say he was talking to the, the six men that came with him because they were represented of a possible church at Joppa. Could have been, so this is kind of like a church vote, which we did this morning. And he and it's an it's what you call a negative vote. Is there are there any against it? Or are there any against this? And so he asked for a vote. And he asked for it right here. Can anybody forbid is there anybody against these uh people getting baptized? Now if he had apostolic authority he did, but right here he's recognizing what many think could be church authority. The possible church at Joppa. Why? I mean, again, what if he's an apostle and he was baptizing people everywhere? Why did he do this? 
I think it very well could have been he was recognizing church authority here. So anyway, you could say some people have uh, said, well, no, he was just asking a question. And uh, it could have been just asking a question. But the context seems to indicate otherwise. And then it says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they said, hey, can you hang around a while? Let me ask, as we get ready for a hymn of invitation, I want to just tell you this. The gospel is undoubtedly, undoubtedly for everybody. The gospel is for you, for me, and, and, and churches that if to reflect and reach out to their community. Sometimes communities change, nationalities change. And churches have either died or moved because they said, no, I don't want to reach our community. And so they, they, they died. The church did. Or they moved because why? They didn't want to reach their community. What if your um, church is in an area that's full of crime? Think of the impact a church could have. You say it could be dangerous. Well, it's, it's dangerous some places to serve the Lord. We, too, have the, have the opportunity to reach people with the gospel. Most of the time, uh, we tend to reach people that look like us or even that are like us. What if uh, I know people, too, that are not just prejudiced against other other nationalities? I know some people, and y'all know this, too, are prejudiced against people that are poorer than them. They're prejudiced against people who are richer than them. They're prejudiced against people who don't have a job. Well, they just need to get up off the couch and do something. They're just lazy. Have you ever talked to them? No, I never talked to them, but... I know they've got to be lazy, good-for-nothing people. And so I'm not going to tell them about Jesus at all. You see, you, so what, what is my point? It doesn't matter. We can, we can be prejudiced in a gazillion ways, can't we? But let me ask you about the key verse. Flip verse 43 back up there, Kenneth. Y'all are mentioned right there in verse 43, whosoever 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 